in case you missed it on Newsbreak. Good afternoon to Newsbreak Talk on Sunday. I'm Tarish Hariparshad bringing you cutting edge current affairs this afternoon. Now some really big news emerged late last night as President Cyril Ramaphosa summoned the country to a briefing and it was good news for some, bad news for others and uh, definitely interesting to see the sort of positivity that South Africa has reacted or um you know recounted uh, in terms of the covid-19 fight president quite satisfied with the sorts of gains that the country has made to curb the uh, to curb the spread of the virus and a lot of g- good um what is the word reviews coming through for the healthcare workers and the um healthcare facilities who've provided a considerable amount of care during this time so as it stands and i'll remind you then that president has announced that the country will move to lockdown level 2 under the extended covid-19 national state of disaster from midnight on monday that's the 17th of august consequently several socio-economic restrictions will be lifted family and social visits interprovincial travel and the sale of alcohol and tobacco products will be allowed but remaining force will be uh the evening curfew no gatherings of more than 50 people no spectators at sporting events and no international travel debo mokobo reports although over 11600 people are confirmed to have died of the coronavirus in south africa last night president ramaphosa addressed the nation amid signs of hope this as the country's infection rate is down from 12000 a day to 5000 The recovery rate has also risen from 48% to an impressive 80%, something that prompted the president to ease the lockdown. The following changes will take place under level 2. Accommodation, hospitality venues and tours will be permitted according to approved protocols to ensure social distancing. Restaurants, bars and taverns will be permitted to operate according to approved protocols as to times of operation and numbers of people. Restrictions on the sale of tobacco will be lifted. The suspension of the sale of alcohol will be lifted subject to certain restrictions. Alcohol will be permitted for on-site consumption in licensed establishments only up to 10 p.m. Liquor outlets will be allowed to sell alcohol for off-site consumption from Monday to Thursday during the hours of 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. only. And with the economy expected to contract by 7% and with fears that it will take time for businesses and industries to recover, the president said plans are in place to help jumpstart the economy. The further easing of restrictions presents us with the greatest opportunity since the start of the pandemic to breathe life into our struggling economy. On Thursday, I convened all the social partners, namely government, labor, business and community-based organizations. We are now working together on an urgent economic recovery program that places the protection and creation of employment at its center focusing on infrastructure and a number of other sectors of our economy currently south africa has been lauded by the world for managing to contain the virus us ambassador to south africa lana mark says the country has done an exceptional job to fight the pandemic 
Not only is South Africa doing enough to fight COVID-19, they're doing an exceptional job. I commend President Ramaphosa, I commend Minister McKenzie. If there had not been an early lockdown and measures taken as these bold measures taken by President Ramaphosa, the situation could have been quite out of control with many, many deaths in South Africa. But DA's interim leader John Steenhazen says the country cannot be on a perpetual lockdown. What we have to do is to replace these regulations with sense and sensibility. The virus is going to be with us for 18 to 24 months. We cannot keep the country in a state of disaster, locked under a curfew for 18 to 24 months. We've got to learn to live with the virus and to manage it and to balance the lives and livelihood, but also to be sensible how we approach these things. So of course, mask wearing has got to continue, social distancing has got to continue. Uh, but you don't need a curfew and you don't need a state of disaster to that it means making citizens partners in the fight against the virus. The EFF's Wuhan Pambo, on the other hand, said they are disappointed at the easing of the lockdown, saying all the numbers thrown around are not a true reflection of the reality on the ground. We reject the easing of the lockdown because this easing of the lockdown is based on manipulated data and under-testing. You will remember that uh, Western Cape had stopped testing people under the age of 55, Gauteng and Eastern Cape. We are essentially obviously going to get the infection rate going down. It's not true that we have passed the peak and it's not true that we are registering fewer infections. In fact, if anything, we are under-testing. Meanwhile, the state of national disaster expired last night and it has now been extended to the 15th of next month and it remains to be seen if the president will further ease the restrictions. I am Tebu Mokobo in Johannesburg. Okay, so a lot of news to process, right? A lot of um, new developments with regard to this. And today what we're doing then is we're opening up our WhatsApp line for you. Voice note me your thoughts on this new adjusted uh, integration of the um, lockdown alert level. What are your thoughts about it? Do you think it's going to, um, you know, I think two things I want you to consider is it going to make South Africans happier because let's be honest, since March, many South, many South African, um, while have understood the severity of the virus and the need to um, change their socio-economic behavior in this fashion, uh, it's been taxing on them, many have said. So one of two things now, what's it going to do to the sort of mental psyche of the South African? And what is it going to do to the spread of the virus? We're still at about 5,000 new cases a day. Um, that has, you know, more than, uh, you know, it, 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 it's reduced by, by more than half, but still 5,000 is quite a high number. So now that, that um, taverns are open, now that you may visit your family, um, gyms are being ready to um, open now for with strict protocol, what is it going to mean for the spread of the virus? Interesting to consider all of this. I'd love to know your thoughts. Please voice note me. You can also WhatsApp me on our WhatsApp line. And I look forward to canvassing your view today. Um, it's all about you. And we look forward to hearing all of these uh, interesting conversations with you. Um, and I'll remind you while you do all of that, um, toward the second half hour of the program, we are building up to, you know... An emotional day because it is then the um, it is the online memorial service of Paul David, who passed away this week. Of course, an immeasurable contribution uh, to um, the political struggle 
by Mr. Paul David, and we're going to be talking about that, reflecting on that, and just finding out what the plan of action is to commemorate uh, such a special man and you know a great legacy. So uh, yeah, that's what we're doing today. It's what we're going to be focusing on. So I look forward to hearing from you. Um, and you may send us your voice notes ASAP. Bollywood Billboard. Lata Mangeshkar, in a career spanning seven decades, has recorded songs for over a thousand Bollywood films and has sung in over 36 Indian and foreign languages. In 1974, the Guinness Book of Records listed Lataji as the most recorded artist in history. I am Varshan Sukhan, host of the Bollywood Billboard. On the 15th and 22nd of August, that's two Saturdays back-to-back, I will be presenting a Lata Mangeshkar Oldest Gold Special as part of our Women's Month celebrations. You're invited to embrace this pure magic only on Lotus FM. Good stuff today here on Newsbreak and let's go to your messages now and we did ask you what are your thoughts about Alert Level 2? You celebrating it or are you a bit concerned now because virus daily increase uh, rates in the virus is still quite high. I think this is Rehana Sadr Khan. Uh, let's say hello to you. First of all, I would like to compliment you on your beautiful talk show. I really enjoy it. I love your show. And the fact is that uh, this virus is so spreading so fast and there's so many people dying. I hope people with this level two now, they must behave and continue taking care. Love you guys. Take care. Rihanna Seder of Dundee. Bye. Bye, Rihanna. Thank you so much for dropping by to talk to us. We really appreciate it. Um, yep, so those are the concerns coming through. Michelle and Michaela from Phoenix. Although we moved to level two, we must still be careful and take necessary precautions to be safe. Shamila Maharaj says, um, President did a good job to lift the ban, but due to lockdown too, doesn't mean that our country is normal. We still have to obey our rules and regulations to save our country. Uh, thanks for being with us. Take care. Thank you for listening, Shamila. We appreciate it. That's Shamila Maharaj in Stanga. Um, and here's an interesting message that has come through. Anonymous tells us, well, we can expect the DA will be critical. They always are, are running to court. Government is being pressurized by political parties. I commend the president for, for what he has done for the country. Um, more messages, Mr. N. Governor sent us a text and a voice note. Let's go to that voice note. Hello there, sir. How are you doing? Good day to the Newsbreak team. Last Thursday, Paul David passed away and his sudden death shocked all those who knew him. It behoves us to treasure his memory and pay a tribute to him, who has set standards for the younger generation to emulate. Paul David was a warm and gentle person who made friends wherever he met. One of his strongest attributes was the patience and the sympathy he displayed to persons who came to him with their problems. His advice was invariably valued because of his sincerity in the concern he showed for people and problems. His life was gentle and the elements so mixed in him that nature might stand up 
and say to all the world, this was a man. Thank you. Thanks, Mr. Governor, for that very thought, uh, very thoughtful message that you've put together there. Um, <laughs> yeah, trust you know so that's the that's the one thing that has been. I think I must do a talk show on this at point. Um, not statistics, not precautions, not safety, but the humor exhibited by South Africans during lockdown. Uh, it's been, I think, something that has kept everybody going because we got a message here from Anonymous. Hi, trust you well. Are the rehabs um, going to be opened? So, um, yeah, rehabilitation centers, uh, were they closed, I wonder? Uh, this is Ramba Mudli from Phoenix, says, uh, inform, uh, uh, Informative program. I recommend the president for his speech. Um, let's go to um, just a few more here. Saroj from Stanger Manor. Um, okay, she sent us the infographic. I can't access that right now. Um, yeah. Yeah, yuppie cigarettes are back. It's good news. So all the fakes that are around at a very high price. It's good news for me because I smoke. And But he should ban the drinks because... People won't listen. You will see people in the road and the cars and boots and, and, and um, taverns. So, yeah, somebody happy about cigarettes, but not so much about the alcohol. Uh, interesting, yeah. I mean, the, I think the reason why alcohol was re-banned um, was the burden it was, it was placing on the public health care system. And you, when you think about the fact that, you know, you still got so much of cases, you have to then question what impact is this relifting of that ban going to have on healthcare facilities and healthcare services because they do face a great burden still. So that's going to be an interesting one to watch. Good afternoon. Tonti from Richard's Bay says, the president has done well to move us to level two. This will add value to many um, who are at home and now can get back to work. The president needs to be more forceful with regard to the looters. The process must not cost the taxpayers tens of tons of money uh, getting spent on the Zondo Commission. Thank you, Tonti, for connecting with us today. Um, Rohini, as Sandy says, uh, in my opinion, protocols still has to be in place. Sanitizing, social distancing and masks should be compulsory because the virus is here to stay for a long time. Many people may think that everything is back to normal now, but to be safe, follow all protocols um, as lockdown. Five. That's Sandy from Peter Maritzburg. Yeah, I mean, you know, you have the freedom now, but it doesn't mean the virus is gone. Uh, Stephen Naidu, Puntons Hill. Good, good story. Um, oh, I don't understand this. Okay. S- going to go to Mala Suknan, who says, it doesn't mean anything. Everything is rosy now. People are still suffering with the COVID. So take care and wear masks and sanitize. The president opened the bans. It's good and bad for some, but at least our economy will strengthen. Thank you. Thanks, Mala. Great to hear from you. And um, mixed emotions here. This is from Singh. M. Singh, I think it is. I have mixed emotions on the subject. On the one hand, it sounds like more freedom. And on the other hand, there's skepticism on of whether I will really do what we are now allowed to. For me personally, I'm more afraid than ever. People will misinterpret this and live as if nothing serious is happening. This is scary. Yeah, I think two ways. Then again, um, M. Singh, people will, 
you know, not adhere to anything and feel like oh, it's, it's invinci- we're invincible now and we can go ahead and um, do as we please, not really worry about those protocols that we are still being advised, not really wear the mask, etc. On the other hand, a lot of people are saying, well, while this may be there, I don't know if I'm going to go. I don't know if I'm going to go to gym. So many people have um, been reluctant to go to restaurants saying that they still feel that the risk of contamination and spread is great. So this may be there, but are you comfortable enough to use it? Sarojin Stangamana, it's good that the president has opened some of the economy. At least people's jobs can be saved. Um, Elvis Snyder in Chatsworth, President Maposa, well done on steps to contain coronavirus. Please all be careful and let's not have Christmas early. Yeah, I saw somebody said it's December. From now until December, it's December. <laughs> so I think those are the kinds of risky rhetorics that you know one needs to guard against. Rufus says, uh, if people couldn't, uh, could not adhere to level three, what's going to happen now in level two? Masi Ben says, oh, I lost that. Masi Ben, Namaste Betaji, Namaste, hope you're well. Big no-no, no to celebrations. It's because our country requires a balance as the rich sits pretty and the poor just continues to suffer. So we need uh, food and to, to pay bills, etc. Level 2 is much appreciated. Take care and be safe, our fellow men. And that's from Masi Ben. Thank you so much. And so much of messages coming through. Just going to take a couple more. Um, Mumtaz in Cape Town says, My thoughts are, even though we are moving back to lockdown too, we must not become complacent and we must still adhere to protocols. Dolce is grateful. Um, Although we move to level two, this is mostly for economic purposes. Our people must still maintain all necessary precautions. We must not let our guard down. That's from Dolce Subramani. This is Nirmala Devi Mudli sent us a voice note. Let's hear from you today, ma'am. How are you doing? Good afternoon, Tarish. This interaction of such pertinent topics is very enlightening. The psyche of man is a huge question currently. A big jump from complacency to back to life alive again. Please, please be cautious how one exercises one's mind now pertaining to bans being lifted, living alive, going back to opening the economy, and of course, COVID-19 health regulations that has to be maintained. Thank you. Have a good afternoon, Mrs. Nirmala Devi Murli of Am- Amkumas. Yes, ma'am. Thank you for the message. We appreciate it. I'm uh, just going to go through some more. There's quite a lot here today. Um, V's from Phoenix, it's good to open the ban on visiting as we will be practicing wearing the mask and visiting. So that's very responsible of you, V's. I hope that everybody can, you know, take a leaf out of that. Mr. Louis Pillay says, we welcome the move to lockdown level two. We must still work with the rules of lockdown five. Keep keep wearing a mask and social distance and uh, will remain. Um, but closing at of hotel pubs at 10 p.m., staff will reach at 11 p.m. The rest of the rules I agree with. Ramba sent us a voice note. Hello there. Hi, Teresh. Very good topic today. Nice to have you on air. Today, I think my suggestion is thank God for the cigarettes where band is uplifted, but the alcohol, some of them are not getting alcohol, but getting into drugs. That's even causing more problem in some households. I pray that everything will get back to normal and God will be with us on this earth and take away this virus that is killing our people 
May God bless you all and bless the ones that are making, using the mask and keeping their distances. This comes from Ramba for you. Thank you. We love you. Have a good day. God bless you. I love you too, Ramba. Thanks so much for the voice note. Great to hear from you. And uh, I'm just going to try and go to as much voice notes as I can now. Let's do that. Um, and this one is from, I think it's from Ruxana from Chatsworth. Hello, Ruxana. Good afternoon, Vashon. It's Ruxana from Chatsworth. It's a good thing that the president opened the economy, but it doesn't mean that we can do what we want. We still have to use our mask, wash our hands, and do everything that we need to do. And just to make this country a better country and make sure that all of us be safe in time to come. Thank you. Thanks, Ruxana. Appreciate your message today. Uh -huh. And I'm going to come back to those voice notes and those WhatsApp messages. Um, yeah, let's 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 go to some of them now because I see I see everybody's just you know really going going with the conversation. Sabina Chetty says, "I feel the second wave will start because people will feel they are free to do whatever they want to. I pray everyone adheres to the rules. I really hope that doesn't happen, Sabina. Uh, second wave is a real thing and it's quite scary." Uh, um, Mala says, "Now that the president has left the ban, we have to follow protocol and keep safe. We cannot assume that everyone is normal because our lives are still at risk." Here's a message, no name. We need to be disciplined in order to move to level one. We know this is real. It is not all about money. Money cannot buy your health. Yeah. Rishkal here, and he says, irrespective of the lockdown level currently in place, we all need to do what it takes to keep you and your family safe. Don't be stressed about what other people are doing. Do what's best for you. We are sufficiently educated on corona and so much. You know, that's an interesting point, Rishkal. I think a lot of people have that sort of view. Um, I know, uh, sharing a bit of a personal anecdote, but a lot of my friends were getting their hair cut around lockdown. And I had this terrible, terrible mop of hair, and I hated it. But you know, I said to myself at a point, well, you know what, hey, they're all doing it. Uh, everybody's doing it. Why can't I? Um, so it's at points, you know, easy to give in to it. Just for the record, I didn't give in. I continued with my crazy hair until it was illegal to get it cut. Uh, but yes, that's, that's interesting as well. Uh, Sam of Tungat says, consider the positive side of workers in the liquor industry as opposed to the negative behavior of someone really d drinkers. Yeah, looking at the positive there. Um, no, another sort of text message. Did we go to Rajan Rajkumar? Um, Steve from Pantons Hill says, um, don't be afraid. Okay. Um, oh, Rajan Rajkumar talking about Paul David. We'll talk about that in a short while. Um, Rita, Derek Mangal, Advice to public is not to par is not party. Uh, please abide by the rules because COVID is not a joke. And uh, Ranjani Reddy says, "Trust you are well. The levels dropped, but what about the protocols? Will it be adhered? Let's listen. And it's good to uh, it's good for our economy, but not for our health." Um. <laughs> Meena Ramdhari says, I never saw people behaving so wild in Imatro and making videos when they heard alcohol was opened. They won't be excited about achievements in their families. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people kind of get really excited about that. 
Uh, here's a message from No Name. It's good to move to lockdown too. It's good, but the president didn't emphasize anything on the opening of schools. So yeah, we await uh, uh, education minister on that. And I think a last voice note on this. Sharma says, or Sharma says, the virus is still very active. Family and friends should use their discretion and ensure to keep visits within limits. Yeah, in my opinion, Anonymous says, I felt the president was so tired of South Africans complaining about everything that he just let all open up and uplift the bands. Little do they realize they are digging their own graves. Okay, thank you so much for all of that today. And uh, we are going to be shifting to a new part of our conversation now. Well, you go ahead and send your text through. We'll try our best to, to comb through them and, and, and talk about it um, as we're able. But uh, obviously the passing away of um, anti-apartheid lawyer and activist Paul David, we are going to be checking in and uh, paying tribute to him. Stay tuned. Wash your hands with soap and water for about 20 seconds as often as you can. This will stop the transfer of bacteria from surfaces onto your face. Combat COVID-19 with Newsbreak. Lotus FM salutes every woman. To all my amazing sisters, happy Women's Month. In celebration of Women's Month, my message to you is stop apologizing for who you are, wear your crown and continue to shine. You may fall, you may stumble, you may face heartache and pain, but remember, you will always get up again. You are beautiful, you are strong and you are phenomenal. You are who you are. Love yourself and happy Women's Month from Dees Naidu. Lotus FM wishes you an empowered and happy Women's Month. Yes, back on Newsbreak Talk today. It's uh, us paying tribute now in the build-up to um, Paul David. And we're going to come back to your messages, so please keep them coming. We are going to be talking about all of it uh, in a short while. But yes, as you know, late anti-apartheid lawyer and activist Paul David died of natural causes at his home in Guadalcuza, north of Durban, at the age of 79. He was the only surviving member of the Consulate 6 who, along with struggle stalwarts Archie Gomede and Billy Nair, sought refuge at the British Consulate in Durban in 1984 to draw attention to the apartheid government security laws. So now we're going to be talking to a very close friend of his, a confidant of his, somebody who's worked with him in the struggle. And we're very happy to have Judge Thamba Pillay on the line today. Good afternoon to you, Judge Pillay. It's so nice to good connect with you. Good afternoon to you, Mr. So we understand the memorial service, a virtual one, is taking place, being organized uh, for Mr. David this afternoon. Um, you know, if you could talk to us about the importance then of remembering this legacy, because it's a big one. And to go through it and remember the man, why is this so vital for South Africans today? Yeah, let me, let me say at the outset how very... Um Sad it is to lose someone you knew for such a long time at the, in the circumstances you know, of COVID-19. There's nothing like when you lose such a close friend of going back such a long time to be with family and other friends, to commiserate, to hug, to kiss, to shake hands. There's nothing like it. So it's an extremely difficult time for, for all of us who knew Paul and in particular me, because I knew it for such a long time. Um, well, I got to know Paul 
when he was quite young, but first uh, to his sister Phyllis Naidu, who was at the time courting, uh, being courted by M.D. Naidu, and that was in about the mid-50s. And um, <clears throat> then we, I got to know him uh, in his student days, but he started at the University of Natal studying for a BA degree just at, at about the time that I was leaving to start my legal career. And uh, immediately he got to university, he got involved in the politics of the time, student politics of the time. He was part of the, uh, he joined the NIC, he was part of that group. There was the ANC group at, on the campus. There was the Black Consciousness Movement. There was National Union of South African Students. There was the Unity Movement. So he got to university in about the late 60s when I had already left. And then for quite a while, we lost contact because I was banned in 1964. And at the end of my banning, and which coincided with the uh, revival of the NIC in 1973 or 74, I think there's a lovely photograph floating around which shows uh, Paul as part of that exhibitor. And a lot of people who have passed on are also shown in that photograph. And so Paul was very actively involved in student politics from uh, from early on in his life. And um, as NIC, as colleagues in the NIC, you know, Paul was larger than life, and he was uh, a man for all seasons. He was involved in politics, student politics, uh, politics of the ANC, politics of the Congress Alliance, uh, he was um, also a founding member of the Democratic Lawyers Association. He was also um, uh, uh, played an iconic role in the sports struggle, uh, uh, part of SACOS and NACOS. And, uh, yeah, he was, he's, he's, uh, he's uh, as I said, a man for all seasons. Yeah, so and, you know, very tenacious as well. I mean, always standing up against the injustice, always finding a new sort of, almost even at points, uh, an intellectual way to stand firm against the fight. Um, and I asked him the one time, you know, what spurred you on? I mean, weren't you afraid do- dodging security forces and, and um, you know, constantly creating defiance at a lot of student campaigns even? Um, and he said... We ran off a sort of bravado. There was this sort of bravery we carried to fight for a common purpose. Talk to me about that bravado. You know, Painter Petrov was, what about him had that bravado? Yeah, you know, <clears throat> Paul was the kind of chap you'd like to have on your side all the time. Um, he had a sense of humor. Nothing was getting down. Um, uh, he volunteered to go into the consciousness. He was that kind of a person, uh, larger than life. And, uh, you know, I was comparing in, in a way to um, uh, an old NIC stalwart, Gopala Herbans of Stanga, at least of Tongat, who used to chair conferences of the Italian Indian Congress. And it was widely believed at the time that no one could chair a conference as well as did Gopala Herbans. But Paul was that kind of chap. He chaired conferences, he had a sense of humor, and um, I also shared time with him in prison, you know, and he made it so much 
more bearable at the time because uh, he was always optimistic. Uh, he was uh, he was larger than life, and nothing nothing ever got got pulled down. And um, yeah, he was one of those chefs who you who you always want on your side. He worked in he was very active in civic affairs in Stanger. And then, of course, I got to know him apart from working in the NIC in the various campaigns against the House of Delegates, the TRICAM, the President's Council. Uh, we did house-to-house work together. And uh, as I said, I shared this prison time with the Met Model B prison. And then, of course, uh, towards the end in 1985, he was one of the accused in the Peter Mattersburg treason trial. Uh, which I was part of that defense team. There again, Paul, optimistic as ever, ever, keeping people, you know, uh, 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 on their toes with that ever-present sense of humor and lightheartedness. Yeah, that was the Paul I knew. Yeah. And let's talk about the UDF. You know, obviously he stood yeah. trial as a oh, UDF yes, member uh, around that time that you're talking the about there. That yeah. was an organization that really spoke uh, to, yeah. I think, a very core principle of Paul David non-racialism. Yes. Yeah, well, Paul was one of the, you know, uh, one of the founder members of the UDF. Now, the UDF was, uh, the, the idea of the UDF was initiated at an meeting in, in Janusburg, which we had with the people who, who um, provided Sanfal Indian Congress. There again, uh, Paul played a seminal role as an executive member of the UDF. And, uh, of course, he was a lawyer of note as well. Uh, he had quite a distinguished legal career. I think he started off in Zedlam, and then he went off to Spectrus in Stanga. And the sports field, he also played cricket. And I think he played squash as well, you know. And if I remember correctly, he 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 lost the sight of one eye or it was injured in a game of squash with another old colleague of mine, Clive Vardo, who passed on some years ago. Yeah. Love the fact, many have said about Paul David, that they've loved the fact that despite serving an organization and fighting for a great sort of liberation and an un, you know, abandonment of the ANC um, and various other um, movements that fought for non-racialism, toward the latter part of democracy, or rather, you know, once democracy emerged, uh, he was never shy to criticize it. Um, what does that speak about his integrity? Yeah, Paul was never afraid to speak out, and uh, uh, if he thought there was something wrong, Paul would would, would be the first to say it's wrong. And uh, I know that towards the end of his life, time he was a bit disillusioned about the way things were going, and um, and uh, he, he never hesitated uh, to to uh, to say, to speak out the way he felt about things. Um, as I said, I knew that he was uh, quite disappointed the way things had turned out. But he never, he never, he never, you know, he never ever um, distanced himself from the ANC. Although he was unhappy at some stage as how things were turning out. Yeah, what does that lesson then remind South Africans? Uh, because he stood for a 
a common purpose of constantly speaking your truth and fighting for what you believe is justice. South Africans tell us on a daily basis that they feel disillusioned by um, several sectors and facets of society, whether it is a line at a clinic or whether it is um, broad-based corruption at the, of, of the state. What can South Africans learn from this spirit of Paul David to stand up for what they believe in? Yeah, well, Paul is an example to all young people, uh, don't shy away from controversy. Uh, get involved. Don't don't be just an armchair critic. Um, do whatever you know the best and do it honestly and with with with, uh, uh, with commitment. And Paul, in whatever he did, he was committed. He was committed, uh, you know, in a way that few people would in uh, in uh, organizations such as the civic, political, sporting, and so on. He was, uh, he, was, uh, he, was uh, he was a real asset to the community. And just young people should bear in mind that, you know, if you could emulate somebody like Paul David, this world would be such a, so much better for all who, share, who live in it. Um, and I think, Judge Pele, as you leave us, and of course, a very close uh, friend of Mr. Paul Davis, I'll never forget those images of you speaking at his retirement party. Um, you know, when you look back now at the loss of your friend, you know, what's what's the one thing you're going to miss the most? You know, I'm 84 now. And, uh, uh, you know, it's extremely sad to, to be losing friends and colleagues who have worked together with, for many, many years to pick and thin, spend prison time together, hiding away from the security police, defending people who are charged, and so on. So it's a very sad time. I mean, we've lost a lot of people recently. This is Eunice Mullen, as one of them. And um, I said, in the, of the old Italian Indian Congress, of the 60s, I can think of only two people who are still alive, and that is uh, Swami Nathan Gandhan and myself. So you can imagine it's a, it's a very tired, painful time for us. And uh, the only thing that we can hope for that the people will continue the fight, uh, as, as they say, the fight continues. We've not, not reached the stage in our life that we had hoped we'd reach. And there's still great, a lot of work to be done. And young people should emulate the kind of uh, life that Paul led and his commitment to the people of South Africa. Judge Thambapale, always a pleasure to speak with you. Thank you so much for sparing the time to share this insight with us. And I think I speak on behalf of a lot of us um, at Lotus FM here. Uh, we're grateful that you're still here to share these important stories with us. Thank you. Thank you very much. A pleasure. That was Judge Thamba Play joining us live today. Uh, so, yes, as you know now, there's going to be that memorial service, that online memorial service that's taking place this afternoon. Let's speak to another very close confidant of the late Paul David and an organiser of this online memorial. Um, Ms. Maggie Govender, she's a member of the KZN Legislature from the ANC. Ma'am, thanks for your time today. All set for the memorial. Yes, thanks, uh, Teresha. You know, the uh, Paul David Memorial Committee has been working flat out 
to um, try and organize an event that will do justice to Paul David. So tell us about the event then. How can uh, I think the public access it because many are still paying their tributes to him? Yes, in fact, as we speak, I am receiving more and more messages from organizations who want to record their acknowledgement of his contribution. Um, the event is being held at 3 o'clock this afternoon. Um, it will be uh, done via Zoom for the speakers, but whoever uh, of the public and, you know, Paul's friends and others can access it using the 1860 Heritage Centre Facebook page because it will be live-streamed uh, on that page. So people can log on via Facebook and will have access to the entire proceedings. Um, we have a lineup of very eminent speakers. In fact, um, had you know time permitted, we probably would have tried to get more. But there are a range of speakers um, from the Reverend Dr. Frank Chikani, Ravin Godan, the Deputy Speaker in um, the National Assembly, the Chief of Sinoli, Jerry Kuvadia, and many others. Um, who all want to, you know, pay some tribute to Paul David. Often interactions with Paul David led us to believe that he was a man who didn't really like the limelight. You know, he was very comfortable sitting with his law books uh, even after, um, you know, democracy came to South Africa and, and just constantly learning and understanding a bit more about democracy and trying to get his peers and colleagues to understand those concepts. Now that he's passed away, um, you get the sense that that's exactly how it was because he wanted a very private funeral, didn't he? Yes, he did. But I think that's in keeping with the, the kind of person that Paul was who didn't really um, want credit. You know, quite often um, we bemoan the fact that we've not recognized people and all that. But most of the, uh, the legends uh, of our struggle actually didn't join it for any personal acknowledgement or recognition, although I do believe that they should be accorded it. But, you know, from their perspective, um, it wasn't for that. And I think Paul wasn't different. However, he was still involved in um, activities until his ill health took its toll. For example, he was the first chairperson of the Monty Nyka Commemoration Committee, which sought to record South African history and make it accessible particularly to young people and to people who don't really have an understanding of how we got to where we are today. And Paul was very active in the formation of that committee and the establishment of the exhibition, which right now is at the Moses Mabida Stadium. And from... from I think a young age, he was very interested in the idea of reading. I think that's the first thing, in my, my first conversation with him, he always told me I was very fascinated with the library at home. Um, and I know there's the, you almost, uh, I know the 1860 Heritage Centre has been very instrumental in this, in this online memorial. Um, a legacy that you think South Africans need to take from the passing away of Paul David in terms of spending more time with um, the kind of literature that shaped South Africa? I definitely would agree with that, uh, Teresh. You know, part of the, the problem that we have is that people don't understand that, and history is seen as being dust, dusty books, whereas you learn every day from, you know, those who passed before you. So certainly um, the history um, uh, is something that young people in particular need to be okay with, but all of us, 
because we don't know everything. And you know where there are resources, resources such as the documentation center at the University of uh, KwaZulu-Natal, the 1860 Heritage Center, the Monty Nyka Commemoration Committee, the uh, Phoenix develop- uh, the Phoenix Settlement. We should certainly do our utmost to access those resources and familiarize ourselves with our history because it's a proud history. Yeah. Uh, an interesting comment coming through here from Logan Moodley, and yeah, I think uh, it's 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 a valid point. He says, uh, well, two things. He says, and I want to share it with you, ma'am. He says, I find it interesting that the president did not mention the passing of Paul David during his speech last night, and I'm also disappointed that the SABC is not live with this, even uh, especially Lotus FM. So, uh, from that perspective, you know, you just get a sense that. Um, People want to know the story a little bit more. And, uh, you know, I, do you think that the sort of farewells and the tributes and the commemoration of this passing away of Paul David has been adequate thus far? Um, I think given the constraints of, your, of COVID-19, everyone has been very mindful of it. I must say that the presidency has issued uh, a tribute to Paul David um, that has been issued, as has the Premier of Kwasi-Mittal. We will refer to it in the memorial service as well. Um, I don't think last night's uh, broadcast would have been appropriate to have mentioned Paul David there because it was for a different purpose. You know, they were, there was also Bob Mabena who died, John and Kadi Ming. President didn't mention them as well. But I'm sure at an appropriate time that acknowledgement will be done. There is, however, a message from the presidency. And I think that, um, well, wherever we can acknowledge uh, Paul, we should. Um, it's a pity that the acknowledgement is uh, now that he is late. But, you know, uh, sometimes we appreciate people most when they are passed on. And I mean, it's a bit gaulish to say that, but that is what happens. Well, ma'am, we leave you to get back to preparations. And, uh, yeah, I think everybody's going to be spending a considerable amount of time going through this and spending time here. Uh, all the best to you with regard to this commemoration. And we look forward to talking to you soon. Thank you, Taresh. In fact, the response has been far and wide, including people from overseas. So, you know, there is that uh, respect being given to him. Thank you very much. Nagy Gavinder, the um, uh, close friend of the late Paul David, talking to us about memorial plans for Mr. Paul David. It takes place at three o'clock today. Uh, you can check it out on Facebook. It's going to be live streamed. You can um, watch it off the 1860 Heritage Centre Facebook page. They're going to be carrying the address live and you can um, you know, hear from eminent speakers like uh, Albertina Lutuli, Praveen Gordhan, Frank Chikhane, Ella Gandhi and even the David family and other speakers are still being confirmed as, 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 as we speak. So definitely something to um, just sit back and reflect on. Okay, we're going to wrap up the program by some of your messages and you can keep them coming through very quickly with regard to lockdown alert level two now. A lot of change and a lot of more um, allowance for your movement and for what you can and cannot do. Fatima Kasim of Marion Hill, I'm happy cigarettes are legal now, but level two does not mean we have to move without masks or stand in groups. Let's stay safe and um, our loved ones at home. Thank you. I think the message um, should be clear. Ralph from Westville says, just wanted to say, it's sad to see up until today, people are still disobeying the rules to prevent the spread of COVID-19. The post offices for the collection of the 300 UIF is deplorable. Even the police drive by and does not correct 
it if people are in line standing literally on top of each other. Something must be done. Anonymous says, if the response to lifting the ban on cigarettes and alcohol on social media is anything to go by, we have to be afraid. People, please remember that life will never go back to what it was before lockdown. We need to get used to the new normal. Treat level two like it's level five. While one has rights, irresponsible behavior impacts on the lives of those around you. Don't be selfish. Ani says, I think level two is a good thing, but we still must be safe. Raymond Chetty says they, um, he's happy that the ban is lifted. People need to earn a living. Government should not cut. And extra pension in October. Some people depend on children uh, who are out of jobs. Bully Mudley of Queensborough says uh, this COVID-19 virus has brought home many realities and gave us a wake-up call. This is an ideal opportunity for us to break the status quo of who we are and transform ourselves into better human beings. Amika Roshni Singh says, Yesterday, the moment the president spoke about alcohol is unbanned and people behaving like the virus is no, uh, is no more. They don't understand that so many people are losing their lives. Danger still um, lurks. So please be safe. Uh, I just want to see if there's any more messages. Yeah, you keep them coming through. Um, and everybody wants to you know, provide some sort of insight into um, what we're talking about here and how we intend to um, you know, handle this. I think what we'll do then is we'll end off the program um, with this very important, um, it's actually apt in the build-up to the speech by, uh, to the memor- commemoration by Paul David. He has a bit of an obituary of Paul David that I was had the privilege of putting together myself. David asks Paul David was in awe of his father's library. Paul David, as he is more commonly known, was the eighth born to an educator father and a well-read mother. He, alongside his eight siblings, were raised with a liberal understanding of what a democracy meant. We were reading some very serious uh, literature, mostly on communism, socialism. Some of the books were not banned. George Bernard Shaw's book on uh, socialism for women was uh, in, in my dad's library, Reflections on Lenin. It was in my dad's library. And they become part of your personality. By grade seven, his family had moved to Verulam, north of Durban, after living in Amzinto in the south. By the time he was 17, he was actively involved with the Natal Indian Congress. In 1959, had begun studying law at the then University of Natal. We decided, the university students, that we would form a non-racial branch of the ANC, which was, of course, against its constitution. So we came in 1959 to Chief Latuli, and we told him about our plans. And his advice was, work together. David's already established love for politics grew here. That year, in 1959, David mobilised one of the first boycotts of his career as a political activist. There was not a single student in that year who went to the graduation ceremony. Even the medical students who we thought would give us problems joined us and they got their degrees in absentia. 
Under the state of emergency imposed in 1960, David had put his studies on hold. He completed his law degree in 1967 and was admitted as a lawyer a year later. During this time, David interacted with several political giants, from Steve Biko to Jayan Singh and Ismail Mir. In 1979, David grew restless because under the construct of the political paradigm, he wasn't able to fully work alongside his black comrades. And through his desire of wanting a collective effort, the release Mandela campaign was born. For my sins in suggesting that we have that, I was appointed, I was elected the secretary of, the, of that group. Archie Gumedo was the chairperson. We had our first rally, March, April 1980. Nelson's daughter, Zinzi, came down and addressed us. And that was an important uh, point in our history. Because not only did that rally join all race groups together, but that gathering defied security branch orders and spoke openly about Nelson Mandela and ANC. Both were banned at that stage. It was a time topped with adrenaline, dodging the security branches, working underground and ultimately staying firmly focused on the prize of democracy. How did they do it? Uh, we... We had a lot of bravado. <laughs> we were scared, there was no doubt. We... But the overwhelming compulsion of what we were doing just put our fears aside, you know, and uh, gave us kind of strength to confront police. I mean, I'll give you an example. Griffith Mkenga, who was the treasurer of the Release Mandela campaign, died on the same day as my mother. I'm torn between making arrangements for my mother's funeral and to make the arrangements for Griffiths. Uh, we were able to organize both. Yeah. Where did your loyalties lie? And in that conversation, I'll tell you, I asked him, where did it lie, Mr. David? And he says, of course, with the struggle. So I think when you think about it in that sort of context, you know, his, as he says that his mother passes away, he needs to organize the funeral and one of his colleagues um, has passed away. And, you know, that's equally as important and his loyalty, you know, would lie there. So that really wraps the program up on terms of legacy, in terms of understanding the contribution Mr. David has made. A quick message then to end. Um, well, I wish I had your name here, but there's no name. Uh, deepest condolences to Mr. Paul Davis' family. I met him on a few occasions. He was a humble, down-to-earth, knowledgeable person. May his soul rest in peace. So on that note, we'll leave it there with you. The broadcast came your way courtesy of the team, executive producer Salma Patel and Rachel Vadi. The team shall keep you updated between 6 and 7. You can tune in then. From me, Tadeh have an awesome day. News break. Lotus FM, powered by SABC News.